Money FM 89.3, the best of your money. Market View on Money FM 89.3. Asia-Pacific markets are trading mixed this morning. Joining me to break down all the market action. Action-packed day yesterday, Ryan Huang. Action-packed. And you can catch up all the action in the Business Times where you can see Michelle Martin's well, face next to Indrani <laughs> Raja, the minister in the Prime Minister's Office and second Minister for Finance and National Development. Or you could watch that whole Budget discussion all over again. See Ryan Huang in action, firing off some great questions. Uh, that's on Money FM's Facebook page, I believe. Yeah, lots of great discussions going on. Mm. I love how you brought up so many different aspects of how budget would affect the person on the street, businesses, and wider society as a whole. And of course, mm. this is budget builds on previous budgets, and it takes into totality all the various issues. And of course, exciting to see what's more to come. Yeah, and you asked some amazing questions on uh, the implications of the global corporate tax of 15%. Singapore, of course, moving the way of BEPS 2.0. What does this mean for companies? Do they have to move their profit centers? Um, and also, do they have a, a long enough runway to allow for the compliance changes that need to happen? Yeah, and a big question, how will we pay for it? <laughs> if you want to find out the answer, you've got to check out the coverage. Yeah, it's still live on our Facebook page. Alright, let's start this morning with a bank where Ryan and I actually spent yesterday afternoon. We were at UOB in the atrium, Plaza Atrium, uh, for those budget conversations and we return there now, virtually, to take a look at the bank's financial results. UOB's profits jumped 22% in the fourth quarter of the year. It netted $1.4 billion. What is driving UOB's earnings? Yeah, it looks like a couple of bright spots here for UOB and Fees are among these bright spots. So credit card fees, partly because of the perhaps Taylor Swift effect. If you were a card member for from UOB, you have enjoyed early access to some of the concert tickets and whatnot. That really drove that part of business. You also have wealth management fees recovering. So that's good news. And this is despite the tailwinds from high interest rates, which would imply higher margins and profits on that front for loans. Despite that kind of moderating, um, UOB still did pretty okay. So if you look at the NIMS, the net interest margins, they've moderated to about 2.02% from last year, where it was around 2.22%. So you've got a bit of moderation there. Um, the good news is the loans outlook is still quite resilient, especially in the ASEAN region. So that's coming through for UOB to put in a pretty decent quarter. We've talked about this on the show before. UOB's credit card fees have been a huge earner for the bank this year, particularly as it has backed those mega concerts, Taylor Swift, Ed Sheeran. Ryan, what else strikes you when you look at UOB's report card? Yeah, you've got a couple of interesting things to watch out for. And of course, if you look at what's been playing out for banks, there is still uncertainty, especially with China in the equation. In fact, DBS, if you look back at their earnings report card, they pointed out that their flat loan book, the flat loan book they reported, was partly because China corporates were going onshore to look for options for their loans, turning away from the likes of DBS. But for UOB, it's not so exposed to China as much. So you've got that, I suppose, as a bit of a brighter spot for UOB because it's more 
reliant on the ASEAN region, mm. Thailand, Indonesia, uh, Malaysia and Singapore, of course. Yeah. So you've got them now factoring in the city acquisition, which they took over some of their assets here. So that's continuing to pay off for UOB. And as we've seen, the the dividends coming through have also been quite encouraging. So 85 cents declared, which brings the total for the year to 170. So pretty decent quarter for UOB. And this is also the first time its profits have crossed the $6 billion mark. So a new high on the front. So encouraging and more perhaps to look forward to. UOB is proposing a year-end dividend of 85 cents per share. That brings the full-year payout of $1.70. UOB is also giving its junior staff Yay. a reason for hurrah, an extra month's bonus to help them with rising costs of living. What do you think of that? I can hear them cheering from here, <laughs> from UOB Plaza, all the way down to Braddle. <laughs> I can see people trying to justify their junior stuff. All right, elsewhere in the financial sector, we have two more companies in focus. One is a Singapore fintech upstart, and the other is a Europe's largest bank. Now, though it may be best known for its presence in Hong Kong, I think, the upstart is reporting a huge surge in profits while the established bank. Well, 2023 would have been a great year for it, if not for some major write-offs. So who are the two financial institutions in focus? If you said HSBC and IFAS Financial, ding, ding, 10 points to you. Let's start with HSBC. It netted more than 30 billion US dollars before taxes last year. That is a record amount. But its bottom line took two big hits, one from its holding in a Chinese bank and another from the sale of its its French retail operations. Fill us in. Yeah, so this is closely watched to see how much its China exposure would weigh on HSBC. And of course, there's a bit of a bellwether for other banks and industries as well. So you've got China not doing too well for HSBC. In fact, its fourth quarter profit fell 80% after taking unexpected charges on holdings in a Chinese bank. And also partly from selling its French retail operations. So pre-tax profit fell to $1 billion in the final three months of last year from about $5.05 billion in the year earlier period. And it took a $3 billion charge on its holding in Bank of Communications. And for the French sale, it was $2 billion. So not great news on that front. And rising interest rates again uh, did help on its full-year earnings to a record, but then it's going to be facing headwinds from China and partly, in time to come, moderating interest rates. HSBC also slashed its exposure to the US and UK property markets last year. Like other lenders, it was looking to limit its losses as office occupancy rates in major cities continue to fall now, speaking of falling, HSBC shares fell 8.6% over in London in trade yesterday. But one thing that is not dropping is Noel Quinn's salary. He's the CEO of HSBC and he made £10.6 million last year. That's almost double a year earlier. I guess that's why I call it making bank. <laughs> For sure. Let's turn to IFAS Financial now. Its profits jumped more than 900% during the fourth quarter of the year. Huge increase. What is fueling IFAS profits? Yeah, they are making bank. So 900. They're breaking bank. 17.1%. It's very unusual or seldom that we see these type of numbers being reported in the net profit column. 917.1%. Beautiful. 
Well, it is a pretty good fourth quarter for iFast. So it's off the back of higher revenue as initial contributions from its e-pension division streamed in. So you've got net profit for the three months ended December climbing to 13.2 million. So on a per share basis, you've got earnings rising to 4.46 cents in the fourth quarter from the prior year, which was 0.44 cents. So a final dividend of 1.4 cents per share has been proposed. So it looks like iFast is coming back because if you remember, they had a pretty good year a few years ago and then things started. In the second quarter of last year, this helps it digitize in its administration of pension services. It is also clearly helping to drive IFAS growth pensions, great business. If we take a look at IFAS share price, meanwhile, it's been trending lower since the start of the year, down about 3%, but it is up more than 50% over the past 12 months. If we take a step back, Ryan, what is your Biggest takeaways when you look at the bank's financial results this morning. Yeah, a couple of bright spots and not so bright spots. I suppose it comes down to having the right bets at the right time. So for IFAS, they've got a plan going on. They are in the midst of a three-year plan as they try to make progress as a digital banking and wealth management fintech platform. So they say that's paying off, they're making good progress, and it's paying off as we've seen in their latest report card. For HSBC, I suppose they've got a plan as well, but that is not paying off. So I suppose they've been um, a bit more unfortunate in timing. It might take more time for things to turn around because of their heavy exposure to China. So they've got to go through a bit more pain before they can overcome, I suppose, um, um, the worst. So more pain before the gains come. Here at home, UOB is the second major Singapore bank to report earnings. DBS revealed record profits earlier in the month. OCBC scheduled to release its profit numbers next week. Let's turn now over to the US where the AI chipmaker NVIDIA has released its numbers and they do not disappoint. In fact, NVIDIA has crushed expectations. It grows $22 billion US dollars in the fourth quarter of the year. Its profits have jumped ninefold from a year earlier. It looks like NVIDIA, clearly the biggest beneficiary of the recent AI spending spree. Tell us more. Yeah, another triple digit percentage gain in the up column for profits and revenue. So if you look at NVIDIA's profits, it grew to nearly $12.3 billion in the three months and end January. And that's up from $1.4 billion in the year ago quarter. So it is a very strong showing of how much demand is coming through, how much money it's making. If you look at the fourth quarter revenue, it was up 265%. So that's nearly triple what it made before and also blowing away expectations. So you've got demand surging worldwide across companies, industries, mm. countries even. So all as we see this AI boom playing out and people are now starting to figure out what they can do with AI, all the applications. And then this will really spike the demand for all things AI in terms of the infrastructure required, the chips required. And that's where Embed NVIDIA has been playing a very critical role. Uh, looking at some of the research, some of the analyst expectations or estimates, NVIDIA accounts for around 
70% of AI semiconductor sales. So that is how critical they are in the entire ecosystem. And if you look at, I suppose, the trends, as you talk more about AI, discover more things, AI, they are looking at a pretty encouraging picture. Yeah, it's the brain of AI, if you could put it that way. Shares of NVIDIA are up 8.5% in after-hours trade. If we look ahead, though, can NVIDIA maintain this growth? Are there any signs that the AI boom that we're all in love with might actually be peaking? Yeah, there might be a couple of speed bumps to watch out for. If you look at some of the commentary coming through, uh, we did see US restrictions on some of the AI products they can sell to China. That is a potential headwind because it could choke off a large part of their revenue. As you could imagine, China is a huge market. So the company has actually acknowledged that data center sales to China declined significantly in the January quarter because of those restrictions. So it's going to be a wild card how this plays out, especially with the US elections coming into the frame this year. Um, depending on who wins, depending on the rhetoric, depending on public sentiment, you could see a rise in US-China tensions again, which could affect the likes of NVIDIA. So this is one to watch, but otherwise it does look quite encouraging. The company has painted how this is the start of a new Revolution comparing to the industrial revolution. So as things start to pick up, it's still early days. NVIDIA may be the most prominent company benefiting from the AI boom, but it's hardly the only one. 67 AI-related stocks in the S&P 500 have surged since the release of ChatGPT. This according to analysts at Bespoke. Now, these include companies like AMD, ServiceNow, Broadcom and Intel. You're with me on Your Money. I'm Michelle Martin. Let's take a look at broader markets now with Ryan Huang. The Dow and S&P 500 inch higher overnight. The Nasdaq fell one-third of a percent. It is worth pointing out that NVIDIA released its earnings after the closing bell. Meanwhile, the Dow Jones Industrial Average is set to undergo a shake-up, one that reflects the changing nature of the U.S. economy. So who's in, who's out, Ryan? All right, we are looking at Amazon being added to the Dow Jones Industrial Average. Mm. So this will mean they join the likes of Apple, Walt Disney, Walmart and other companies in that 30 stock club. So it is replacing drugstore operator Walgreens Boots Alliance in the Dow come Monday. So this is all part of, I guess, a bit of a reshuffle, a bit of repositioning because Walmart, one of the constituents, had to do a 3 to 1 stock split. So that reduces its stocks weighting in the index and the Dow is a price weighted index. So this is just a bit of recalibration in order to make things a bit more uh, proportionate in that sense to give um, retailers the right mix of what is reflective of the American economy and to give um, the retail investors more exposure to the retail consumer retail side of business as well as other business areas. So all in, just to make it a bit more reflective of the American economy. Shares of Walgreens Boots Alliance fell 2.5% overnight. They are trending lower in after-hours trade. Fund managers may need to sell shares as they adjust their portfolios to track the Dow. Keep that in mind. Time now for corporate news. We do it up or down style and we start at home with a company called Yuzu. I like some Yuzu with dinner. But this... (laughs) Is an online platform. It combines gaming, social networking, 
and mobile payments. Singapore has issued an arrest warrant and an Interpol red notice for Thomas Ziliakis, the former CEO and chairman of Yuzu. Ziliakis may be best known for making a bid to buy Manchester United, but Singapore is seeking his arrest in his role for vastly overstating Yuzu's revenue. What do you make of the story? Gosh, not the type of Yuzu you want to be around. <laughs> so this is spelled Y-U-U-Z-O-O. Well put. Well, so Yuzu in quite a bit of trouble and this has actually been brewing for quite some time. Now, finally, after the investigations, it has come out that the Singapore police want to, well, look for Thomas Ziliakis, the former CEO and executive chairman of the tech company because of apparently misleading statements and the company's financial reports. So this involves inflating it by... Well, it looks like a few million dollars when it comes to those numbers. So it is not looking good for him. Not looking good for you, Sue, at all. That's a down. Australia's Woolworths. All right, let's take a look at what's happening with Woolworths. And it is also not looking good because its CEO has quit because of ongoing investigations into Food prices, well, he's actually been around for more than eight years, but now he has to leave as the grocer prepares for public inquiry into suspected price gouging, which is, I suppose, taking advantage of some of these poor retail folks. And also not helping is the weaker second half earnings. So bad timing and bad earnings, he has to go. Woolworth CEO Brad Banducci leaving the company just as it faces this inquiry into price gorging. That's a down for Banducci and Woolworths. Next, let us turn our attention to the agribusiness, Wilma International. All right, well, on a roll of bad news because Wilma is also down. Net profit for the second half down 21.3% because of lower contributions from feed and industrial products. So this partly because of weaker market conditions and higher interest cost environment throughout the year. So this has been a pretty tough one for Wilma. The good or bright spots though include improved contributions from plantations and its sugar milling division. Wilma's profits are down more than 20%. Its share price is down nearly as much over the past year. Next, let's look at OUE Healthcare. All right. Finally, it is looking up because (laughs) OUE Healthcare is expecting a better second half. And it says its FY 2023 profit is looking pretty okay on fair value gains. So it expects stronger results due to those net fair value gains relating to its investment properties. So it is pretty, I guess, encouraging after OEE uh, Lipo Healthcare reported a net loss of $4 million for the second half of December 2022. So maybe a bit of a turnaround here. OUE Healthcare is forecasting higher profits for the past fiscal year. That's based on a preliminary assessment of its books. That is definitely an up in my book, I have to say. Our last word today belongs to a Singapore video game maker named Ubisoft. It released Singapore's first major 
video game title. It's taken them more a couple of years, more than a decade actually. The game is called Skull and Bones and it can be played on PlayStation 5, Xbox and PCs. Did you know that at least three quarters of Singapore's population, Ryan, plays video games or mobile games and that if you look at the age group 18 to 24, this figure rises to 90% for youth. Yeah, this is, I suppose... Inevitable because it's all things screens, metaverse, what have you, AI. I think it's just going to go up. Do you play games? I, you know what? The last game I was addicted to was maybe Super Mario. Okay, it's coming back, and I think maybe there'll be many reasons to bring you back into the Mario world. So look out for Michelle inside the Super Mario land. What about uh, you, uh, skull, and skull and Bones? What do you think? Would you play this? Mm, it will take some um, really strong reasons to get my, get my time <laughs> these days. Because as you can imagine, you we are uh, facing so many pressures these days. I know. Oh, we know, need exactly. time for everything So it's got to be A very compelling game And going by the early reviews It's got a rating of 64 out of 100 And a Generally unfavorable User rating So I am not too Well Encouraged by this rating At least But maybe I'll check it out Yeah it's a co-op Open world pirate action RPG Okay. Uh, another Ubisoft game that might ring a bell for you, Assassin's Creed 4. Yeah, it's been running for a long time. Assassin's Creed 4. It feels like it's been more than four games. I think they've <laughs> made four, part four, and then part three, A and B, C. There's like multiple versions of Assassin's Creed. Yeah, yeah. It's so interesting. Okay, I'll keep an eye out for that game. But I'm firmly planted in the real world, not the virtual. Ryan, thanks for being here. Thanks, Michelle. Ryan Huang there. I'm Michelle Martin. It is time for the news. Coming up in the 10 o'clock hour, you know, I've been talking to people and still a lot of confusion over what happens when my CPF essay account disappears. So we jump into that question a little bit more deeply at 10.05. Do join us. You can listen to us and you can also catch up with us on Facebook where we'll take your questions, okay? Before acting on the information on Money FM, please consider if it's suitable for your own investment objectives, financial situation and risk tolerance. To listen to more great interviews, download our podcasts at audio.sg or download the audio app. That's A-W-E-D-I-O, audio at the App Store and Google Play.